in the limousine, hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let my tape rock till my tape pop, smoking the bamboo. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Web Cave. The boys are back. I'm Dan. I'm here with my good buddy, Babo. Babo, how the hell you doing? Can you hear me, Daniel? I'm here. How are you guys We're doing? We're here. <laughs> I can hear you. Just in time. How, how the hell are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I can't complain. It's uh, it's another Monday talking about superhero. I'm coming off one of the greatest victories in my of my life last week. Uh, one of the biggest W's I've ever received, and I'm feeling good. How are you feeling this week? You know, just boring. Just fucking vibing. There you go. <laughs> Uh, we're here to talk about everybody's favorite mutant, the fucking badass from Canada, Logan, uh, Wolverine. One of your favorites. Definitely one of my favorites. One of my big favorites. And you can't forget our little Damian Wayne and Black Adam talk. I can't, no. That's just the meat and potatoes of what we're doing. But we, we do got an appetizer. <laughs> uh... Let's show, yes, we got Damien the Dark Army, uh, issue one or zero, whatever the fuck they're calling it, but it's a one-shot. It's a one-shot. It's a one-shot, and it's the Dark Crisis uh, tie-in. Probably the only one worth reading, but we'll get into that. And then we got issues one through six of Black Adam. So how about that? The the new run they're doing right now, Black Adam. Uh, You want to get into it, Bobo? Hell yeah, what do you want to start with, Daniel? I feel like we gotta start with uh, our boy Damien. <laughs> My boy Damien? Yeah. The Robin yeah. that should have been in Gotham Knights instead of fucking Tim Drake? Yeah, him. <laughs> Dark Crisis, the Dark Army, everybody. Uh, by Mark Wade, by the way, which... You can see why this has a lot more quality than some of the other spinoffs. But uh, Mark Wade is on the pen here. And uh, it's basically they're going up against the Dark Army. And Robin's got his, like, ragtag group of heroes. You got Dr. Light. You got Power Girl. You got this chick going by the name of Red Canary that we've never seen or heard of before. Seems like a new character. Have you seen Red Canary? I haven't seen Red Canary anywhere. No, I'm suspicious about her. I feel like she's a trick. Yeah, she might be. There might be some bullshit going on with her, but we'll see. Uh, and who who would have fucking thought that this guy would actually be somewhat important in an event? But fucking Sideways made the show here. <laughs> the fucking yeah. This uh, solely in looks because I think the character of Sideways does have some legs and it's pretty cool, but. If you just look at him on, on any panel, on any comic that he's ever been in, you would just say, oh, Spider-Man ripoff. DC Spider-Man. He looks like 2099 Spider-Man. He looks like the future Spider-Man. 
A hundred percent. It's almost like uncanny. Like it's just that's all you can see when you look at them sometimes. But, I agree. Uh, but the character, I don't mind the character. He hasn't gotten a lot of love, probably for that reason. But I, uh, I really enjoyed this issue nonetheless. I thought the the group itself, because I always love like a good ragtag group of, of fucking heroes that you wouldn't expect to chill with each other, you know, come together for fucking greater good. And that's what we got. Yeah. Here. I like how, like, Robin was serious the whole time, and, like, he was more of an asshole than he usually was, and, like, I really, I I enjoyed that. Yeah, no, that was really good. The whole thing was really good. I enjoyed the book a lot, like, between that and, like, just the way he was treating the rest of the group, because, like, he was kind of scared, and, like, literally life or death is on the line, so, like, Damien's not playing games. Exactly. I like that a lot, and the whole fucking Damien figured out how to break the darkness. Like, Damien was the one to figure it out. Even though Dr. Light is the one that has the power to do it, Damien's the one that told her to do what to do. So, like, he's the brains behind everything. And, like, the whole... My favorite part about it was when they did the, the panel where they scanned each player, or not player, where they scanned each character... And it showed them their future. I liked how it showed Damien being the bat in the future. Dude, that was, to me, best part of the book. Uh, it didn't need a cliffhanger because of that. That was just so good. That was so good. That was the best part of the book, for sure. I uh, When she was like, you have a, a very similar path in front of you, Damien, but here you go, buddy. We got to go. I just thought it was it was done so well. I thought uh, he looked like, and he looked like a little Batman. Like he looked cool as hell. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's good to set up this kind of continuity and to kind of show people and tell people that hey, this is what it's going to be one day. Hope you're not a Jace Fox fan because that's not the next Batman. It's going to be right. Be uh, and I've kind of you and me have talked about that probably being a possibility for some time now. And I can see that being the way. I don't go. But think the there's fact- any better successor to Batman besides Damien. The only other person I would put up besides Damien to take the cowl is, is is Grayson. Yeah, but we've been there, done that. We don't need it again, to be honest. No, he's like- the only other person. But like, I personally like if it was my choice, it would be one of them. It would be Damien first, and then if Damien wouldn't do it, then it would be Grayson. Yeah. The only reason I wouldn't do Grayson is because Nightwing's such an identity. Already, like he's got he's got his thing, whereas Robin's kind of still Robin. Like I, it, to me, it is kind of storytelling wise, it makes sense to him finally inherit his birthright and become Batman. Uh, yeah. As much as I've I've enjoyed like fucking some of my favorite Batman stories as a whole are with Grayson, like Black Mirror and shit. But we've already gotten it before, and he really to me he doesn't need it. Either Damien can do whatever he wants to, but to me it makes more sense to have Damien do it. You're not I agree. going. I hope. Not going I can't wait him. one day when Bruce dies and Damien takes over. Oh, me too. <clears throat> I think we'll finally have a Batman that'll kill people. You think so? I don't think he's. Yeah. I think he'll hold up his dad's tradition, and I don't think he'll harm anybody. 
I think really... at first he's going to struggle with it, and then he's eventually going to fall into his father's path. But I feel like when he first gets up to college, it's going to be overwhelming to him, and he's going to like kind of res- like go back to his roots and like killing and shit. And then I feel like he'll recollect himself and come back. Yeah, it's an no, exciting future possibility of, of the future of Batman. I am 100% for it. They're already kind of hitting towards it with John replacing Clark as Superman and then Damien replacing Batman. Yeah, but we do got to talk about, because some other characters really got their dues here. I mean, Damien had a lot to work with and he looked, and you can tell Mark, to me, I don't understand why Mark Wade can write Damien better in this one shot than he can in his own series that he's building. <laughs> because this is a way better Damien than we're getting from the same fucking dude <laughs> in his own. And like, he's given me three issues already, and that Damien kind of sucks to where this one's very true and good to the character. So it, that doesn't make too much sense to me, but oh well. Uh, his dynamic with Power Girl was fucking hilarious. Her having to fly him up to the thing, and he's got his arms crossed. He's like, you gotta say please and shit. <laughs> and he's He's got that pissed off. Look. Like him and Bruce, whatever, any, one of those two, whenever someone's got to fly them somewhere, it's fucking hilarious because they just look pissed. So yeah, good. like when he's in the Green Lantern bubble and he's flying through space, Batman usually has his arms crossed. And like, yeah, <laughs> Davey was doing the same thing, just like his dad. <laughs> just that fucking gruff looking. He was just so just salty. Because he's like, he's, he's the smartest person there. He should be able to do all this shit. But, you know, he needs help, and that pisses him off a little bit. Uh, yeah. Power Girl's insanely, like, she was the probably the best person on this roster as far as powers-wise. Because she's legit. Uh, Sideways was cool to have around, and he had a couple moments. But I think the real star here, and someone who shined, who doesn't get to very much, is Dr. Light. Definitely. Like, Holy shit, man. Did she fucking come out of nowhere? Because we're not talking about the old Teen Titan villain, the dude Dr. Light. We're talking about the the new... And she was a part of the Justice League, right? I don't remember. I think so. Yeah, she's not Arthur Light. Uh, Kimio Hoshi. And uh, she's a badass motherfucker. <laughs> she, she had some moments in this. Dude, uh, she did, and for she, sure, definitely. She usually, she usually shows up for like event type things, but doesn't end up doing much. Today, this time she did. And uh, to me, she was like, she kind of stole the show uh, as much as I enjoyed all the other shit. The, her big moments, I was like, holy shit, she really, she really got to shine here. No, I mean, Damien was the leader of the book. He was fucking awesome. And he his his development throughout the book was great, and him and Canary yeah. and then he finally gaining Canary's respect a little bit, or her gaining his. It was just it was a good play, but uh, as far as like cool moments and shit, like we we say feats a lot. She had a couple feats here. She did, and the art in the book was really well. I thought the comedic relief in the book was when fucking Sideways had a chunk taken out of him by Captain Carrot. That was fucking amazing. That was funny. It's just that giant, evil, fucking muscular rabbit just taking a chunk out of sideways. (laughs) Dude, and he just looked so sinister. Because it was like a horror movie, the way the panel was. Like, sideways was looking the other way. And then he looks over and fucking this big, giant bunny with fucking murder eyes. Just ready ready to fucking go ham, dude. That shit was nuts. 
It was good, though. Fucking Captain Carrot. The most ridiculous character in my eyes. Hey, don't be hating on the zoo crew, hobby. Fuck the zoo crew. Zoo crew don't fuck around, dog. <laughs> Captain Carrot and the zoo crew, dog. I'm Captain Carrot, bro. <laughs> Captain Carrot. Uh, yeah, overall, I'd probably give this like an eight and a half to a nine. I thought this was a really well done uh, comic. I thought it was the best tie-in so far. Hell, I'll give it a nine because it, it's, See, it's been. I it was, I'm surprised this part of the book hasn't been brought up yet. And honestly, aside from the future part of Damian being shown his future of being Batman, yeah. My second favorite part of the book was the goodbye between Damien and John when Damien left. Yeah. It really it really signifies and cements them too as like like best friends. It was a, it was a very nice moment. I just think it got kind of lost with all the other cool shit that happened. It was a really well done book when that when that's one of the moments that you start to forget about because it was at the beginning. But it was done so it was done so well, and it really because they've had tons of these moments, these two. But it's still cool to be like. like I like that it they keep showing it. They're showing that their friendship is staying that solid no matter what is going on in the universe. That they they keep coming back to showing that these two remain the same. I hope that it never breaks, and those two always stay that way. I agree because it's one of the cooler friendships in comics. And uh, the Super Sons are badass, man. And the fact that they're both coming into their own. And John being like, uh, David, if I don't make it back, he's like, don't say that. <laughs> it was just, it was badass. Uh, it, it was way better than, I don't even know why they had him leave during the event. Like this, him leaving in this was way better than him being like, hey, Dr. Light, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's just that they're like, check out Dark Army when it comes out. Like I did, that was in Dark Crisis Five, I believe, four or five. Yeah. He just bounces and fucking. He's like, hey, I'm gonna go fucking do this, Doctor Light, come here. And then those two bounce off into the sunset out of nowhere on the, like a weird panel. And and this, the ending's way better. Like John's like fucking hurt, and they're all in battle, and he's like, I gotta go now. Fucking John's like, go make it happen, dude. I gotta stay here and fight. It was it was it was well done. I I like this book a lot. So do I. What would you rate it, or is there any? Is there I'd give it like an eight and a half for story, and then I'd give it a nine for art because the art was really good in it. The art was phenomenal in it, but I thought uh, I thought all the story beats as well. That just all of them not getting along was funny. Damien be, pissing everybody off is always good to good to watch. Yeah, is he always this much of a jerk? <laughs> He's more Damien. He's being more Damien-ish than usual. <laughs> yeah, Rise Robin being more Robin than usual. That <laughs> shit was so good. Uh, he's he's funny. he's funny. He's just such a dick to everybody. It's so good. I did, that's what I love about Damien, dude, because everybody's got this brightness about him. And, like, yeah, Damien has the brightness and heroic things about him, but he's a fucking sour fucking pissant at the same time. Like, I just find it compelling and, like, it's hilarious. It, it is, and it's especially compelling when you uh, throw in his origin and the way he was brought up and the whole League of Assassins. Without that stuff, it really doesn't make much context. 
But the fact that, like, oh, this is like this kid that was trained to be a deadly assassin. Led to, like, really yeah, like, kill it's, people. Yeah, he's and, that much of an asshole because he's, like, battling his inner demons. It's, it's cool. Is. And now he's around, and he's also around people in ridiculous costumes and shit. And he's like, fuck you guys. <laughs> like, he's just, he's so Exactly. Bad. Like, he, I don't know. It's just something badass about Damien coming in and saving people. And then after he's done saving that person, he looks at that person and he's like, fuck you. <laughs> and then, like... <laughs> Exactly. He's like, came a long way. There's just something about that, dude. It's just hilarious. At first, I thought he was going to be way too bratty, but they've really came a long way on that character. And he is, he's really no, he's, he's See, grown. Yeah, I felt like at first he was bratty because, like, he's a child. You know what I mean? He, he was 13 yeah. when we all got to know Damien. It was just but, like, he's funny. definitely grown now to the point where, like, he's not so bratty, but... He just has an attitude, dude. Like he's he's serious and he doesn't have time to like sit there and fuck around and like he is an asshole, but well, yeah, it's good but to he... have a character like that that's yeah. still a hero and not a villain. Absolutely, I I totally agree. Uh, because it, it's easy. To be like, oh, he's he's just a, a a bratty kid, and that. But they've like, and you can tell that people fuck with him because he was like loathed at first. People hated the character, and now it's like everyone accepts him as what he is, and that he could be the next Batman and shit. People, I mean, obviously his comic sells, and he's he's like a big time DC character now. He's yeah, I mean, still a B lister at the moment just because there's so many A listers, but. Uh, he's definitely finding his way and, and grown as a character. And if it's going to keep me in stories like this, I'm down for it. So. I feel uh, like yeah. with the whole Dawn of the DCU shit, I feel like he's going to get a lot of a lot of attention. Yeah. And to me, that whole thing seems based for him and John, and then Wally and Dick to a different extent. It's like they have the world's finest right now with Batman and Superman. They should do it again in the future with them, too. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I want more Damien. I like Damien a lot. He's one of my favorite characters, like new wave characters. Well, since I wouldn't say one of He is my favorite newer character. It's him and John. Well, yeah. But since the... Since the fucking uh, next event is Lazarus Planet, I think we're it's safe to say we're getting more fucking Damien. <laughs> that seems all based yeah, around that's coming stuff. right off this series. Yes, and that's like that's like the bigger crossover event. So we're gonna be seeing a lot of Damien. Good. Uh, let's go to Black Adam by Christopher Priest. Uh, one through six. You ju- you just caught this uh, and started uh, you kind of all in one through. Now this is kind of interesting because this is one that's been going on for a while now, and I've been in tune. I've been reading it, kind of watching it like an episodic television show almost. Like whenever the book comes out, I read it for about five months now. And you just <clears throat> read all like six during the weekend. So as someone that's going in just fresh, a full six issues with the Black Adam and, and one kind of gulp here. What would you think? I honestly enjoyed it. I went into it with low expectations because of your review about it, stating that like, 
the White Adam shit wasn't that great. Yeah. But I went, I read it, and I actually really liked it. Black Adam's still there. He's dying. But as you know from the past and like, the Marvel family, the power of Shazam is meant to be shared. It's not yeah. just meant to be held by one person. So that's why Black Adam shared the power to his descendant and made White Adam. I didn't think the White Adam shit was stupid at all. I actually thought it was really good. Because he needs somebody with that power to hold and stand and protect Kondok while he's down. And he's dying because of that, the darkness and shit that's on the, or whatever that shit is that's on that signet ring. That's like causing the sickness between the two. And like, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And then with, while Theo Adam, his body, his human form, his mortal form, his body was like rotting and dying. The Black Adam immortal form was in the underworld with uh, with the gods. Yeah. I thought it was, honestly, I'm liking it so far. I, I really do like it so far. I like how in the beginning, it's kind of tying in the story from like in the beginning, you see him farting darkness, dark side. And then he realizes that like, this isn't dark side. Like what the hell yeah. is going on here? And then the same thing happens again now in issue six when he has to fight Batman. It's like these gods are playing a trick on Black Adam and like the Egyptian gods. Because the, the, I remember in, I think it was issue five or six, one of the gods mentioned like Asgard, hell and like shit. Like he named places from all of, all of the religions. So like all of these gods are from various different mythologies not just Egyptian or Greek like like they are. So it's kind of interesting that they're bringing other mythologies into it. Because they did that, I have no idea where the rest of the story is going to go. It could go in any fucking direction. It could go to Norse. It could go to Chinese. It could go to fucking Greek. And with all this god shit that they're doing and the different gods, and like I don't really know what's about to happen here. But with through one through six, I really liked it. He shared the power so he could save himself, and then he saved himself, and now White Adam's getting fucked up. Now you have to save him. And, like, he's starting to figure out what's causing this, like, virus that's spreading between the two of them. Yeah. It's interesting. And now he's about to fucking go after Bruce Wayne for pulling this trick on him and, like, stealing shit or killing somebody. And then the real Bruce Wayne's like, bro, what the fuck? What are you even talking about, dude? I don't know. I definitely have the opposite opinion you have about it. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, dude, complete opposite, honestly. Complete opposite. Because, I, I mean, I don't feel that way at all. I thought the last two issues of the book were fucking phenomenal. I think once you get into Black Adam, and then especially once you get into Black Adam versus Batman, and a lot of the meat and potatoes of the last two books, I thought was great. And even Theo returning as Black Adam, and just everything in that fifth book was done so well. I could not get behind Malik in one through four. I just, there's something about the white Adam shit was just corny to me. I didn't like it. I didn't find any of it compelling. I was, I just, I did not like the book. I didn't think it was being done right. I thought I was ready to give up on it, dude. If I, I almost did not get the fifth issue. I got the fifth issue and I I thank God that I did because it was fucking phenomenal. And it picked up like it to me, as far as like pickups in a series, it picked up more than anything I've ever seen. But I do not like that. I thought one through four was very underwhelming. I would not give it that high of a review at all. But 
those last two do bring it up for me. I will say that I thought did. it was pretty good, man. I wouldn't I would say it's phenomenal. Like I did it like seven and a half. Yeah. But like it wasn't bad. I liked it. Altogether I give the whole run here. This whole art little arc we had. I'm I interested give... to see what happens to White Adam. Because if you see in Dark Crisis in Dark Crisis six, the all out war. Black Adam's there and he tries to save John, but you don't see White Adam anywhere. So White Adam either has to die or he has his powers removed from him at the end of this series. And are you cool with that? Or he's off doing something else. Maybe he's back at Kondok, protecting Kondok, while Black Adam's out doing the shit with the League. Do you want to see more of the League, though? I wouldn't be opposed to it. I'm not saying, I'm not saying sitting here like, yeah, give me more Give me more white item shit, but if it came out, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Because like I said earlier, the power of Shazam is meant to be shared, and Shazam himself, Captain Marvel, has five fucking people with him that he shared his power with. It's not bad that Black Adam has one. No, that part's not bad. I just think the white Adam shit was kind of corny, and and the costume's stupid. The costume outfit, the costume's stupid and, like, the idea, but if you actually think about it, black and white are opposites, and Black Adam's been known more as villainous. I like I how he's trying to use... I like how he's using Malik and White Adam as, like, yeah. his retribution, like, his redemption to show that he's not bad. No, I, I don't... I agree. I do agree. But I, I disagree that, like, the costume's stupid. Yeah. The concept of, like, oh, let's come out with another guy. Let's name him White Adam. Like, the name is pretty stupid. And, like, the, only, the other thing I don't like about Malik is, like, his attitude is pretty stupid. For someone who's that intelligent, like a high-class med student being in, like, the kind of surgery rooms that that kid in, like, he's obviously a really smart kid. Like, I'm not understanding, like, this pissy-ass, like, sarcastic, weird-ass fucking attitude he constantly has. Like, of someone of that, like, class in the world, of, like, that profession, like, he does not have the attitude of it. It's like Damien Wayne trying to be a fucking surgeon. I can't really get behind him. I really can't. I felt bad I'm not. A, I'm not against the idea, but I don't like the character. I'll, I'll agree with you for that. If they do, that's why, like, I'm not opposed to it if they come out and they do something with him and, like, evolve him into something that's not what he is right now. Well, yeah. But, like, I'm not asking for more of him. If it, if he shows up more in this run, I won't be entirely mad. But if they fucking try to do a solo White Adam run, you're, fuck you, blow me. You're not taking my money on that one. It's like, if they end this 12-issue series of Black Adam and they send off White Adam correctly and, like, if they do something cool with him and it's necessary for him to have his own run, I wouldn't be against it. But, but like, if they just stopped right now and they said they're doing a White Adam run, I would not fucking even ever attempt to read it. But I even, I will say, because I was talking so highly in the fifth uh, here, I will say that the fifth book even did him right in my eyes. Like him rushing out of the, the hospital and, and that woman like screaming uh for for the dude that's that's getting uh worked on and shit. And just like that whole scene and there and like you can tell like he's kinda going nuts over this. Not nuts, but you he's being very uh 
Oh, what, what, what's the word? He's not taking the other shit in his life as serious because this is the thing that's going on. So, like, he's yeah. neglecting all the other, like, the being a fucking uh, a surgery hand or whatever the fuck. Obviously, that's not the profession. <laughs> a sous chef, a sous surgeon. <laughs> being a fucking... Uh, he's a med student trying thing. to be a surgeon. Exactly. Uh, he and he's not focused on that shit and they're telling him, dude, you're fucking up. You're being late for class. Like they're yelling at him and shit. Like I thought that that shit played well for me. I didn't mind that. I, that's when I started to actually get some sympathy for him and like him a little bit. It was in that fifth issue. <laughs> and you simply, yeah, I'm, see me too. Much like I'm interested to see what happens. And yeah. I've seen that seven doesn't come out until January. It's like, what the fuck, man? They gave us fucking five and six in one month. And now we got to wait till January for the next one. They're taking their sweet ass time. Fucking DC. <clears throat> uh, yeah, the whole series. Because I I cannot get behind one through four. I will. I, I'd be happy to reread them. Because maybe it was. Maybe that's the victim of the fucking episodic. As far as just the full, uh, you know, big deep dive all at once. Maybe I fucking missed out on some of the little nuances that kind of made that shit good. So. I'll definitely have to go I back definitely and... would recommend reading all of them in a row because it makes sense. Because yeah. having that like month break in between the things, I can understand how you kind of got lost in it. Yeah, but reading well, them straight, I thought was yeah. pretty good. It's pretty easy with comics. Like we're, we we both even you know, fucking you got like fucking thirty different series going on right now. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah, I know. There's just always there's always something. There's always like another issue. It's like so. That's how this shit works. But yeah, I'm definitely, I might have to give it another spin. But on my first uh, read through it, my review would not be very high. It's just one to four. It would be very high for five and six. So that averages about, do about a seven for me, for the whole thing. I'd say the whole thing is about a seven and a half, eight. I wouldn't say so much eight. It's getting towards an eight now, but I'd say like seven and seven, seven and a half to start. It's shifting towards an eight. You're you're sticking seven five though. Yeah, I'm gonna stick seven five for right now. Once that issue seven comes out, let's see what happens after the battle of the bat shit, and that might change my opinion, make it go up or down. Okay. Oh yeah. I All think right. the next one's a Dark Crisis tie-in. The next Black Adam? I think so, because if we finish six, at the end it says, continues, like, in the next end, it says Dark Crisis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think Black Adam might have a spinoff for this event. Yeah, because they're doing that out of nowhere without fucking telling anybody that. Just like, with a, I am Batman. <laughs> like, they're not even fucking listing the tie-ins anymore. They're like, yeah, it's going to show up this time. This issue. Uh, yeah, it's cool, though. I'm fine with it. <clears throat> I don't have a problem with tie-ins. I like it better if they're done really well, like the one we talked about earlier, but... And not, like, fucking Young yeah. Justice Star <laughs> No, I I read the first one and I thought that shit was stupid. I didn't bother with like the other three. So fucking bad. <laughs> it was so bad. bad In the world without a Justice League, that shit was stupid too. I didn't love it. Still there was a couple issues, but 
Yeah. I still have not read the Deadly Green, so I still can't give an opinion on that yet. That I was keep okay. pushing that off. I put Deadly Green behind this, but in front of everything else. I go I go this, the Flash tie-ins, Deadly Green, and then the other shit. Yeah, I thought those Flash tie-ins were pretty decent when they were searching for Barry. But yeah, I thought the search for Barry oh, it was a very good arc. I thought that was done well in, in the terms of Dark Crisis and showed everybody. I really liked those issues. Uh, all right. And uh, for everybody that fucked with the comics and stuff, we, I'm sure we'll be talking about single issues, some new issues next week, too. I don't know if you want to announce those, but I'll announce we are starting our reading assignment. And next week, we're going to start by talking about the Infinity Gauntlet, baby. Fucking yep, the Infinity Gauntlet series written in the, 19, or the early 1990s, the one that the MCU had based their entire story off of. But what most of you people don't know is that the movie storyline and the comic storyline are almost completely different. Completely. So we're going to delve into their actual story that the movie's adapted from. Yes. Try to get you guys in what the, the OG storyline here. Because they missed out on a lot of characters in Endgame due to copyright issues like Wolverine, the Fantastic Four. Mephisto yeah. and all these other characters that they they didn't have in the MCU because other companies own them. You're right. They definitely missed the fuck out on a couple of those characters. Because if you go back and you look, even if you go on the, the Marvel Infinite app, and you look at the covers of the Infinity Gauntlet series, Wolverine's like on half of the covers. He's not even mentioned one single time in any of the MCU movies until recently. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. That's the only thing about those Marvel movies and the MCU. You got to use who you have at that point. <laughs> you can't just put it all. Uh, that's why I'm um, waiting for Secret Wars. That's like why I'm kind of holding out on Marvel because the Marvel properties at the moment they kind of suck. Not gonna lie to you. <laughs> Doctor Strange 2, that fucking sucks. Thor, Love, and Thunder, that was a dumpster fire. I didn't think that. Two, like, three of the Disney Plus series I liked. I actually enjoyed the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I actually did enjoy that. You were telling me you liked that. I was surprised. I was surprised, too, because I went into that thinking it was going to be stupid, but then I thought about it. I was like, dude, this is like a one-shot comic. This isn't supposed to be part of continuity. This is just like a little one-shot. So I was like, okay. Went into it completely open-minded, and it was pretty cool. They actually even tied up a couple loose ends in the MCU in the holiday special. That's awesome. It's pretty cool. But, like, yeah, but that's what I'm waiting for. Because Secret Wars, I'm reading Secret Wars right now. The 2015 run, it's really good. And, like, all these characters are in it. And now that I know that that Disney can use these characters now, I'm really excited for when Secret Wars, Avengers Secret Wars hits theaters. Yeah, no, that should be bad. Now they can use Wolverine. Now they can use Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four. They can use Professor X and Cyclops and Jean Grey and all these other people. They have access to them now. They can do yeah. it right. They got their characters back. You know what I mean? So Yeah, it'll be interesting. That's what I, that keeps me hopeful for the future, because right now, not so hot. The future it could definitely be very bright again. Oh, I agree. In a second, it can be bright again. 
let's move on. Let's talk about why we're here today. How about that? We'll, we'll be old doing that next. Old Logan, old, old James, James Howlett. <laughs> the old, uh, old, old man James. Logan, Weapon X, however you want to refer to him. Uh, what do you, I mean, this is, you, you told me earlier, and you've told me this plenty of times before, this is your second favorite character in all of comics, right? Or it's just Marvel, but still. All of comics. Like, my, in my, like, my number one's Spider-Man, and number two is definitely Wolverine. Okay. He's a fantastic uh, character. He's ruthless. He's very aggressive. Yeah. Damn near fucking impossible to kill. He's just, I absolutely am obsessed with the character. He's hes fantastic. We can talk about his origin a little bit if you want to. Yeah, we'll get into his origin. Uh, for sure. But yeah, like, I love Wolverine, dude. Like, his powers are amazing. He's featured in a lot of things. He's His character and his personality is definitely the opposite of every other character that he's in the room with. Yeah, and he's... The thing about... The thing what's cool about Wolverine is I think a lot of people, they're like, oh, Wolverine defines the 90s. Wolverine's the 90s. That aggra-. It's like, dude, he was made in the 70s. <laughs> and he's been around for a long time. So, yes... He's like brutal, badass, I'll kill you, I'll fuck you up, I'll do anything to get the job done. Like, it, it, He does have that almost anti-hero-like uh, thing to him, right? But yeah, he, that's almost what makes him special, and he does it better than all the other ones that do it. Like, He's a different type of hero, and he's just, there's something fucking cool about him, man. Whether it it's is, the comics character. else is a hero who's, like, gained powers, and Wolverine was literally designed to be a weapon, and he has to go against that to do good things. Yeah. He gets badass. He's got kids everywhere. <laughs> He's got two kids. He has one He has one real daughter, and he has a surrogate daughter. No, oh, he's got a couple... Uh, I don't know if this got retconned, but he, he's had quite a few fucking... Uh, children on the road <laughs> as you would say he's got a couple of illegitimate children I'm pretty sure but uh, uh cause X Men or uh not X Wolverine be clapping bro <laughs> well, I mean, and dude, he's fucking 100 years old and one thing I will say about him and we'll get into origin and stuff but I'm saying like my base kind of like love of the character and my base of how I think of Logan, how I think of the Wolverine would be the one X-Men that's always ready to do the thing that no one else is going to do. I kind of look at him like that. Like that guy, he's always, he's the guy on the team that's going to like, like do what needs to be done. When like a Cyclops won't. Because uh, he's, he's, his moral compass won't let him. Logan will do it. And I look at him as like, Almost like a mentor too. Like he, there's a lot of stories where he's taken like kids, or like, obviously Old Man Logan's like the best example. But there's been quite a few other issues in, in like different eras in, in Marvel where he's just like talking to like a random kid, or or even like other superheroes. Just like he's a good like yeah, mentor. At Charles School for the New Mutants, he's one of the teachers there. 
Exactly. And you would not put him in that role. You would not think of him just from an outside perspective. But he really is. He's one of the better mentors in the universe. And he'll really, like, he's he's taught a lot. He's like that grizzled veteran that'll really, I don't know. There's just something about him. He's aggressive. And, like, he's just the sheer brutality and, like, just how much of an unstoppable force he is is what makes me really enjoy Wolverine. Because, like, yeah, he's just a dude with claws, you know what I mean? And he has animalistic features about him, but, like, he's indestructible. You cannot destroy his skeleton or his claws. He has an insane feeling, uh, healing factor where if you shoot him in the fucking head with the bullet, three seconds later he's going to spit that bullet out and the hole you put in his body is completely healed. Like, he's an indestructible force. His claws can cut through literally fucking anything. And, like, his personality, I just, like, Spider-Man being my favorite character and how he's really bright, happy, outgoing, sarcastic and funny and, like, a really outgoing, like, happy person. That's why I like Wolverine because he's the complete opposite. He still stays by this similar standards to Peter because he's a hero, but he's the complete fucking opposite in every aspect of personality. Like the yeah. uh, Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon from in 2012, they do a few episodes where it's Wolverine and Spider-Man together, and to see them two together in the same room doing things together, it's, it's, it's like a, it's hilarious. Someone who's so aggressive and then someone who's so bright and happy. It's just, it's a good, like, contracting relationship between every character that Wolverine interacts with. Yeah. No, I agree. I, uh, and he's he's got that mentor role, but he's also that badass motherfucker that'll tear anybody up at any moment. Uh, let's get into his origin, because he, he did start, he first showed up in a Hulk comic, correct? Yeah, in the 1970s. It was like the Incredible Hulk, like 150 or something like that. By... Legendary writer Len Wein, or Len yes. Wein, uh, created Wolverine. He was in the, he was in the Hulk. He was he was a straight heel. Like he was a villain in that. I would say more anti-hero than straight. Would they fight? Because of it. yeah, he was opposed against the Hulk. But Marvel does that a lot, where heroes will go against each other. I just feel like that was his discovery, and then. Because after that, you realize Charles Xavier comes up to him. He's like, I want you to join my team of mutants. Yeah. I think that's that's just like his discovery because, like, it's a new mutant that popped up. And unfortunately, Hulk had to be the one to discover him. But, like, it's not until the 2000s when we really get Wolverine's origin, origin, like, when he was born and, like, how he got his powers and everything. No, they, they they don't cover that at all. That's just that's literally nope. just his first appearance. That's when he first shows up. Incredible Hulk. Yeah, he shows up. I actually read why Wolverine was drawn like that. I guess I forgot the guy's name, but somebody who worked for Marvel Studios came into the illustrator, and he was like Wolverine that resembles the Wolverine. And like that's what they were doing. That's that's kind of how Wolverine came about. To be honest. Yeah, but his original design had to be changed because they thought his mask looked too much like Batman's mask, so they had to change the way Wolverine looked 
then that's how we got Wolverine, as we know how he looks like today. But uh, do you you want to explain to the good people the his his horror? I mean, and it's been retconned a few times and uh, include various different things. But you want to give the basic interpretation of Wolverine's origin? All right. Um, well, everybody knows his his names. They refer to him as Wolverine, or they seem they call him his human name, Logan. Logan isn't actually his real name. His birth name is James Howlett. Logan, they just end up calling him Logan as a like a cover name after his origin. Uh, he was born in 18, 1832 in Can- in the country Canada, uh, where his mutant powers were awakened. Where like I think he was like twelve, thirteen or fourteen. He was real young when his powers came out, and he ended up stabbing the groundskeeper who worked for his uh, his family because his family was a like, they were rich plantation owners in Canada in the early eighteen hundreds. So his family had a lot of money, so they had groundskeepers. And when his when he got his powers, he ended up stabbing. Uh, one of the family's groundskeeper, because that gra- that groundskeeper had killed his father. And when he yeah. was fleeing, he actually discovered the groundskeeper was actually his real biological father. The one that he killed was Wolverine's real father. And seeing the revulsion in his mother's eyes that he killed him, him and his half-brother, Victor, ended up... And then over the next century or so... Him and Victor Creed, who everybody now knows as Sabretooth, because you do know that Sabretooth is Wolverine's half brother. Yes. His real name is Victor Creed. Uh, they spend like the next century or so, hundred or so years, fighting in uh, numerous wars over the world, like the World War Two in 1945. Uh, that's where you get the whole storyline with Wolverine in Japan and the samurai shit just because he was held prisoner there. That's where you kind of get that whole storyline with Wolverine and the samurais. That shit was so badass. Yeah, I actually really liked that that one a lot. And then uh, later on after that, like in I think it was in the 60s or the 70s is when um, Logan was approached by um, Professor X, Charles Xavier, so he could be recruited into the School of Mutants and Wolverine told Professor X to go fuck himself, literally. <laughs> and then after that, the Wolverine's timeline's kind of been shifted around in different ways. He's been retconned and, like, different things happened. Like, at once, he went and fought in the Vietnam War with William Stryker, where he was designed in the Weapon X. And then they had to go fight in uh, Vietnam. I don't exactly remember that storyline very well. And there was right. the one where he's a cage fighter, where Xavier... Like, he's been all over the place. But like, yeah. modern day, like everything, he's been really heavily utilized in the X-Men series ever since, like, the 90s until current. And as we stated earlier, he's a big... He's a big uh, character in the Infinity Gauntlet series. Yeah. I mean, I, I think his, uh, his origin really kicks off. I think then you can, like, cut it off. Like, like I'd say, this is his origin until this, right? I'd say it really gets into it after the death of Silver Fox. And then... Yeah. 
that sets up everything else. Then he goes to Japan and does all that other shit. Yeah, and, that, uh, yeah, I forgot about that that girl because then that's when she falls in love with that other that other guy, and it kind of makes him jealous. And like in the cage fight, he accidentally kills her. Yes. I did forget so, to bring that up. So, but I would say that that would be Logan's origin, and uh, also named he is named Logan because uh, of the groundskeeper, because that that's who he had his mom had an affair and had him with. He wasn't uh, John John Howlett isn't his dad. It's uh, Thomas Logan, so they, that's why uh, they call him Logan too. Yeah. But, yeah, let's get into some of the best stories, because his origin, because a lot of his stories, because you got two different versions of this guy, pretty much, right? You got X-Men Wolverine, and then you got just Wolverine, who does his own thing, because there's fucking so many series and runs and different things on Wolverine, but he's also in so many classic X-Men stories. Yeah, for sure. So... Because I'd say my favorite uh, Logan story, I'll always go to Enemy of the State. Yeah, I was just about to say that. That's a really good one. It's basically... I remember that. Yeah. And it's basically him fucking battling the Marvel Universe (laughs) to an extent. Yeah, because the hand has... Do you remember the hand from the Daredevil show? Like that ninja cult from... They have brainwashed Wolverine, and like they have basically have him under mind control, and the whole Marvel universe comes to try to stop him to break him out of it, but they can't do it. <laughs> so like, nah, dude. The whole thing is just Wolverine just slaughtering everybody because like they can't stop him. It's done so well, and he's such a badass, and he just fucks everybody up. And he holds like he holds his own with legitimately everybody, and it's just it does. to me that's one of the best Wolverine stories. And it really shows like what he can do, how he doesn't give a fuck, and anybody can get it. It just it, it shows you a lot of things about him, that like core values of the character. If you if you ask somebody what's one story where I can learn the most, it's like yeah, check out Enemy of State. That's that. That's what like I got. We already said his origin story. We kind of already explained that. That's one of his best stories too. What origins? Yeah, because like we already talked about that, and like that is yeah. one of his better stories too. Oh yeah, and it's that's kind of why it became the definitive origin for him too, because it's so damn good. Uh, I'll say obviously, I think this one's kind of a gimme, and I think people have kind of soured on it by now because it's. I mean, the movie and everything, and they've done Old Man a lot of stuff, but Old Man Logan, you know, that is a top-tier fucking... That is his Dark Knight Returns. I know it's entirely different, but that's, like, I put that in the same... Because it's kind of Elseworlds-y, right? Yeah. But I just... That story is fucking perfect, and he just works in it so well, him taking care of that little fucking girl. (laughs) And it's just such a badass story. Yeah, old man Logan. You just watched that movie not too long ago, too. Right? I did, like months ago or something. So, Logan's a good story. 
Yeah, that movie. Is. Another one I like. I want to bring up is the Uncanny X Men. Oh yeah, it's the biggest one, right? It's one of the biggest ones. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he I was think great one, I think I personally believe one of Wolverine's best stories was when Frank Miller had his first limited series in the nineties. Well, yeah, because Miller's the one that took him to Japan, right? Pretty sure. I believe. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, Frank Miller. He was the one who kind of introduced. He was the one who brought in the hand in the Wolverine storyline. So yeah. I believe he is the one that fans it. I mean, when you think of those two, just Frank Miller on his own and Wolverine, that those two <laughs> are designed for each other because he's that type of writer, and Wolverine's that type of character. He'll go balls to the wall with Wolverine, and he did. And. Yeah, a lot of his stories are fucking... His run on the character was very good. I'd say he's probably had one of the better writers to touch, uh, Wolverine. Yeah. Well, what, there uh, has been... Back to the storyline, too. What storyline? Weapon X. Weapon X, of course. Uh, really good book. Vicious really Circle is another good one. That's when the... That's when Wolverine and the Hulk faced off again after Wolverine was, like, revitalized, basically. Yes. Wolverine goes to hell. Yeah. And a lot of people like the death of Wolverine. That one's not really for me, but... I mean, that one's not bad. And honestly, Wolverine's current run's pretty good, too. His current limited series. Yeah, are you digging it? It's pretty good so far. I read one, I think one and two on the app, and it's pretty good. And I bought a few of the app, a few of the newer issues. I'm just kind of trying to catch up on it, but I I like it. I always like myself a good Wolverine story. Oh yeah, fucking awesome. Now, what did you think of him and Jean Grey's relationship in that Uncanny X Men? Because I think that's how a lot of people came to know him is through the X Men. And a lot of people remember that that kind of love triangle and him always trying to fuck <laughs> Jean Grey. Yeah, because he was attracted to her. And, like, obviously, as you know, like, Wolverine, his, like, senses are very animalistic because of his mutant powers. So, like, when he's attracted to her, he kind of comes after her like an animal would go after a mate. You know what I mean? That's why he's kind of, like, on Jean the way he always is. <laughs> And I, I don't know. I really like it. I like them two together. I like like in the first three original X Men's with Hugh Jackman in the early two thousands. Like him and Jean Grey were pretty good in that in those movies. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, a Cyclops didn't like take too kindly to it, but <laughs> whatever. Cyclops <laughs> needed to. I mean, to me, that's one of my favorite rivalries, is those two just constantly butting heads. To me, that kind of makes the that dichotomy kind of makes the X Men, because you got the leader, the clean cut, clean cut Cyclops, and then you got a fucking vicious asshole <laughs> in Logan. And then you got the, they got the incredibly intelligent handicapped guy. Yes. But they're not button heads with it. I mean, once he says something, it's, it's law. 
It's loud. Uh, yeah. It's definitely some of his uh, best stories. He, uh, I mean, he he's had a lot of good writers. He's a lucky guy. He's a lucky one of those lucky characters, like a daredevil that's just had constant good shit come come out of it. A couple of bad ones. A couple of like I'm not a huge fan of like all new Wolverine, the 2013 shit. No, yeah. When they tried to kind of bring somebody else in, Uh, it's been done bad a couple times. But Wolverine's one of those characters like. It's hard to fuck him up. Just make him, make him cool. Make him beat some ass. <laughs> Have the claws come out. Can't really go wrong with him. No, you can't. Uh, what are some powerful moments? Fucking old, old Halloween. Oh my god, dude! When do you even fucking begin? Give me some feats, Bobby. How about the fact in the X-Men movie when he stood the Phoenix Force and instantly healed his body back as he was walking into it? That's an incredible one. That's one of my favorite ones. Because, like, everybody knows, like, the Phoenix Force dude is, like, an incredibly powerful fucking force. And the fact that Wolverine can just walk into it and heal back what the damage is being done to him is insane. I agree. It is insane. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's done some badass shit. Wolverine's got probably some of the best feats in comics. Uh, yeah, like, he's defeated the Hulk. Like, the first time he ever discovered him, he defeated the Hulk. That's a pretty and, big Like, all feat. the shit he did when he was in the X-Men and, like, the fact that someone like him can make friends with people like Peter Parker is another impressive thing. Uh, yeah, he he's done some badass shit. Uh, the fact that he fucking timed a strike on a on a fucking uh, speed demon. He, yeah. he like like he like timed his punches on someone that's like fucking basically made to fucking outrun him. <laughs> uh he can always, he said he always says he can find mystique anywhere in the world in nine hours. Yeah. And he, he did it in eight and a yeah. half. Uh, as you as we told before in the end game when Captain America had Milnir the hammer Thor's hammer, and he's standing up against Thanos by himself. In the Infinity Gauntlet in the comic series, that's actually Wolverine who's standing up against Thanos with the gauntlet that fights him one-on-one. In the scene in the comic book, that's actually Wolverine. And, like, he isn't able to kill Thanos, but he definitely fucking bludgeons him up a little bit, and they definitely trade a few blows with each other. Wolverine by himself up against Thanos with the gauntlet. Fucking badass, dude. He's done so many. He's done so many things uh, within his life, or within his time. Like he's become an Avenger. He saved the world so many times on end. He's defeated the Hulk a couple times. He's managed to have his adamantium removed from me and still removed from him and still survive and fight and like win. 
And the fact that he is the leader of the X-Men at some point is pretty impressive. Someone of his nature. Yeah, on a couple different occasions he's done that. He's a fucking badass, dude. The healing factor alone, just, you can fuck him up however you want, and he's going to make a comeback. Oh, yeah, for sure. He fucking survived Hiroshima, for God's sake. (laughs) If you can survive a nuke, pretty badass. Dude, he just heals it right back. It's fucking dope. It's so dope. Like, his senses and shit alone are pretty impressive. Like, he can hear people through doorways with his hearing, and he can smell them and shit. And, like, he remembers smells, because I remember, this is actually a pretty good point once. He, his mind remembers smells. And I remember in this one comic, there was a, they were doppelgangers. They were basically clones of Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, and Iron Man. And through smell, Wolverine was able to tell by smelling them that he wasn't, that they weren't the real Mr. Fantastic and Iron Man just because he smelled that it wasn't the same scent. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's a badass fucking dude. He can, he can, and he's one of those that. It's mostly physical feats, but it's like still stuff like sensory feats like that. That's nuts to pull that out of nowhere. Yeah. Dude's fucking cool, man. And since since you brought up the movies a little bit, do you think this is one of the best portrayed characters of all time? Because Hugh Jackman is fucking Wolverine. Yes and no. Really? Yes and no. I love Hugh Jackman. His performance is Wolverine. Like, when I see that man, I don't think of him as anybody else but Wolverine. Yeah. But the only thing... Well, I think Hugh Jackman's portrayal as Wolverine and everything he's done as Wolverine, even in Old Man Logan, was perfect. 10 out of 10, perfect. The only thing... I have to strike away. There's two things I have to strike away. One doesn't really fucking matter, but the other kind of does. The one that doesn't matter is Hugh Jackman, way too tall to be Wolverine. Hugh Jackman's like 6'3", and Wolverine in the comics is like 5'1". He's short as shit, and Hugh Jackman's tall as fuck. That doesn't really matter to me, though, because it's a movie. You know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah. And they had to make it realistic because, like, you, there's, like, five actors in the world that are that fucking short, dude. They don't have a lot to pick from at that height. And the other one is he he is enough, but I feel like they could have made his Wolverine a lot more aggressive. I don't. To me, he wasn't as aggressive enough as he should have been. They should have had a lot more scenes of Wolverines in their fucking slaughtering rooms full of people. Yeah, I mean, obviously they couldn't do that, but they. I feel like they dumbed down on the action side and like their brutality and the ruthlessness of Wolverine a little bit. They didn't show it as much. That's probably due to financial restraints. 
But I felt like they definitely could have done more like aggression shit with him. When they when the MCU gets a hold of Wolverine and they put him in there, I really hope he's pretty fucking vicious. Like in Deadpool three, when Hugh Jackman comes back, like I hope he's absolutely fucking ruthless in that movie. Like I hope there's just a five minute fucking movie scene of him just slaughtering people with his claws. Yeah, like that's the first scene. He just pops in. Starts fucking people up. Yeah, and like a huge fight scene between the two of them, like watching Wolverine cut Deadpool in half would be fucking badass. I don't disagree. I definitely feel like they definitely dropped the ball a bit with his action scenes, but like I said, that was probably due to financial restraint and like technological issues because that's like literally the year 2000 and 2002. Yeah. Yeah, it's a while ago. Yeah. But no, I agree. Hugh Jackman's perfect. I thought he fucking killed it. I mean, I think you can't really see anybody else. Even though, and I will be the first one to say, and I know I've gotten disagreements on that side. Uh, I do think there are shitty X-Men movies, and I think two of them have Wolverine on the cover. I thought X-Men Origins, Wolverine sucked with Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool that didn't talk. And then I thought just the Is Wolverine it? movie wasn't that great. I thought it was okay. It was a better superhero Which movie. Which one? The Wolverine. The Japan one? Yeah. That one was pretty decent. He had his fucking powers removed from him, and he had to get him back. I didn't love it. I thought it was kind of lackluster. It wasn't Logan. No, Logan, I think, was the best of all the X-Men movies. Because the thing about Wolverine... I would say that's the best one, and then the second best one was the one with the Phoenix Force and Magneto. I think that was X-Men 2. Yeah. I didn't think, yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, no, I, all three of those movies should have been rated R. Only Logan was, but still badass. Absolutely. Um, I'm excited to see more Wolverine on the screen in the future. Me, me Next too. Next year we, we get him in Deadpool 3. We, we had a lot of them so far, and it looks like we're going to get a lot more, and that's great. But I, hopefully I hope we do. It is a bitch. He's one of those characters, like Spider-Man, Wolverine, and honestly, the Fantastic Four, like they should have constantly. I agree. And Hulk. But we know the current stage of Hulk right now. Hulk's hurting. Hulk's hurting real bad. Hulk's hurting bad right now. You want to talk about some of the best villains? Wolverine history? Like my boy Sabretooth? Cyclops? Cyclops? I wouldn't say villain, but they're definitely like hit against each other a few times. Yeah. Sabretooth? Absolutely. I'd say Arch Nemesis would be Sabretooth. I would agree. Especially I I would put in top three of his Arch Nemesis, I would put Sabretooth number one, William Stryker number two, and then Magneto number three. Yeah. Because William Stryker fucking tortured that dude for so long. And the fact that he, that that Stryker and like Stryker Industries and everything lingered around all the way to Old Man Logan. Like, that has to be one of his arch nemesis. 
Yeah, he's got he's got to be up there. He does. Then, but Sabretooth for sure. See, that's another thing too. In the movies, for Sabretooth being his big arch nemesis, they didn't fucking do shit with Sabretooth. I like the guy that played him. They need to do something better with Sabretooth. Like, they need to come out with, like, if they're going to bring X-Men in with the MCU and they are going to do Wolverine, they should have Wolverine appear in an X-Men movie and then give Wolverine a solo movie and explain his origin, have the main villain of that first movie be Sabretooth. You think they'll uh, throw in Cornelius at all? Maybe. Probably. Marvel's like throwing a lot of like different characters. I definitely wouldn't put it past them. Cause he made that adamantium, didn't he? From my knowledge, I could definitely be wrong. From my knowledge, Stryker's the one that did the adamantium shoot the Wolverine. Okay. From my knowledge, it was Stryker who had Wolverine captive and then exchanged his his regular spine with an adamantium skeleton. They're like enhances or coated his skeleton with adamantium and then made his claws the same way. Okay. I'm I'm pretty sure it's William Stryker. I could definitely be wrong, but I'm almost positive it is. Yeah, I think you might be right. But I th- I'm pretty sure that uh, Cornelius like started the Weapon X program. I think he's one of Stryker's people. I, I or works like with him. I'm I could I don't know. I'm not too knowledgeable on Cornelius very much. Uh, but yeah. Wolverine, he he's got some villains. Obviously, the big one, Sabretooth, though. Oh, for 100. sure. That's what I'm saying. Like, if they come out and give him his own solo movie again, like I'm not understanding why he wasn't really vocalized before. He should be. Because yeah. there's even a fucking comic, if I remember correctly, where Wolverine and Spider-Man team up to go against Sabretooth. The fucking oh, uh, what's it, what's it called? There, there's two uh, astonishing Spider-Man and Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, it's badass. I love them two together, man. When them two are together on the on, on the page or on a screen, it's fantastic. I mean, they need to be together on the screen too. That'll be fucking beautiful. But on page, it, it's one of my favorite friendships. I think it's fucking badass. Because I, I, they're complete opposites, like you said earlier, they're complete fucking opposites. Like Spider Man is the bright, happy, fucking uh, lot of responsibility with big fucking whatever comes, big responsibility and shit. And then you got Wolverine like, no, nah, let's rip them apart. So <laughs> now, where's the bar at, bro? I need a shot. Yeah, I need a shot, and I need to kill a motherfucker right now. And then he's like, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> So it's one of those friendships that really shouldn't work, but somehow it does. I agree. I like them too a lot. I I would really hope to see Tom Holland and either Hugh Jackman or a younger actor like Taron Egerton as Wolverine together on the screen at the same time. Absolutely. 
To me, like, honestly, like, if we're going young Wolverine, I don't see anybody else that could play him besides Taron Egerton. He just needs to put on some weight. He needs to gain some muscle mass. Yeah. I've seen people fucking fan cast Daniel Radcliffe, too. Fucking Harry Potter. No. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. No. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens, man. But yeah, what else? What else do we got on uh, Wolverine? I don't know much else about Wolverine. He's a bad. What we can talk about here. He could uh, defeat most people. I mean, if you want to talk about who he would need to fight, I mean, honestly, most people. Yeah. There's few I would say he wouldn't beat. Yeah, go read Enemy of State. Yeah, exactly. He's a bad dude. And, uh, like, he's just a well-done character, too. He's that little fucker from Calgary that's, like, super intense and super... Like, he's a Canadian hero. Who's a more famous Canadian superhero than uh, our boy here? I, I don't know. There isn't one. He is Canada. Is. <laughs> and he's he's a fucking savage, man. There's just something enemy about... Of state, I'm trying to remember. In the enemy of the state, but isn't Spider-Man the one that beat him? I believe so. I'm remembering... Isn't that the one where he webs Wolverine up and makes his claws up to his skull, so if he retracts his claws, he kills him? Yes. Isn't that, I believe that. that book? It might have been that book. It might. No, we're going back now. It's you, been you a long be... time. That's what I'm trying to remember. I think it is that one because I think Spidey is the one that beats him because he defeats Hulk, he defeats Cap and Iron Man and everybody else. But Spidey, I believe, is the one that defeats him in Enemy of the State that stops him. I think you might be right. I I know that happens. I just can't remember if it happened then or not. But I think you're right. One a badass moment that we can't forget before we leave though, because uh, we've talked about that Marvel DC crossover a couple times, and like Spider Man fight with Superman, Wolverine had a fight in that series, and uh, it was off panel. Him and Lobo met up. Who Lobo is basically a parody of him, and those two walk behind the bar, and then they come back. And only Wolverine comes back. <laughs> Lobo doesn't make it back. So I just I that could definitely fun. see that happening. I just find that fucking cool. Like, there's not even an official fight. They just both walk behind the bar to settle it. And then fucking Logan's the only one that comes back. It's fucking sweet. I could see that working out that way, dude. Lobo's nothing to mess around with, but... Like I said before, it's it's hard it's hard to stop Wolverine, dude. He's ruthless, and, like, you can't really damage him. No. No, I agree. 100%. You're not... I put Wolverine up against most people for for a fight. Yep. I even say Wolverine would be able to hold his own against Superman because they, neither one of them can kill each other. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, he definitely, he's a badass. All right. Uh, you want to call it here? 
Yeah, we can call it. What do you want to do next week? I was thinking, you want to do top ten relationships in comics? We can add friends. Yeah, we can do we that. Can add, like, we can we can add because I know we were talking. I was thinking about doing two separate lists, but we we can add it all into one too. Like if you want to like do friends, like the world's finest, or fucking like Barry and Hale or some shit, or if you want to go like a straight couple, like fucking you know Jean Grey and Cyclops, or there's just so Barry many. And Iris. Comics are made by a lot of the action and shit we talk about and a lot of the story and stuff, but a lot of comics have a lot of, you know, relationships and character work. The main thing you'll hear someone talk about in a book, if they're reviewing a book, they'll talk about the action stuff, but how's the character work? And a lot of that has has to do with, like, the relationships and the people around them. You know, your fucking, your Spider-Man needs a Mary Jane. Uh, Your fucking Superman needs a Lois. So... Yep. And, but we'll we'll also talk about the buddies and shit too, because there's been Your some Dick iconic and Damian Wayne. Yes, there's Your iconic friendships. Damian and John Cat. We, we can yeah, easily do a, a top ten. We'll we'll do a top ten. Uh, we'll each give our list next week, and then we'll start the reading assignment. And uh, we'll, yeah, we'll start we're off with the Infinity Gauntlet series, but we're going to do the first six issues, which is the Infinity uh, Gauntlet segment, and then the week after we'll do the Infinity War, and then after that would be Infinity Crusade. So Infinity Gauntlet, uh, six issues, will be reviewed next week. And we're also going to do JSA number one review, the new JSA series coming off of the new Golden Age one-shot. Okay. By Jeff Johns, so we'll do JSA number one review, and then we're also going to do uh, Planet Hulk World Breaker number one review as well that comes out this week. All right. So oh, yeah. Looks like we got an episode. Uh, Bobby, it's always a fucking pleasure. Uh, we'll be oh, back, yeah. and we'll we'll see everybody next week. Then. Sure will. Biscuits and gravy, pitties and beer. Peace. Pitties and beer. (laughs) Pitties and beer.